Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is my report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Laura Elizabeth as Marnie Schwarzenberger, and Tyler Hewitt as Atticus face. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band have been brought to four-person Balfus Bale. Atticus determined their guards weren't hard cases, Marnie prepared for violence, and Valentine was forced to bring the head of security into his meeting with their target. What could possibly happen next? Find out in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. From a deleted audio recording uh, overheard on staff radio in Flycaden Plant 1. Now remember, Zavala, if anyone challenges that you are part of the hand of the Inquisition, you just show them this little pin, and this ought to tell them everything they need to know. You got that? Uh, y- y- yes, sir. Oh, um, Sorry, sir, it, it, it occurs to me my, my comm link is on, sir. You fucking worthless piece of shit. Turn that off! Lessons were learned that day. Marnie and Atticus, uh, you watch Valentine having given you the, the warning uh, that uh, you keep things quiet, uh, disappear into uh, the office of four-person Balfus Bale. You unfortunately cannot see inside the office from here. Um, like all uh, smart bureaucrats, uh, she has ensured there is no window on this side with which to see how busy or not busy she is at any given time to make it much easier to avoid meeting she doesn't want. Um, you are standing outside with uh, the two remaining uh, corp sec, uh, corporate security um, soldiers, um, who Atticus has sized up and has determined are very, very tossable and uh, has managed to convey that to Marnie. Um, so I guess my, my question to the two of you is, obviously we're going to cut inside the office in a moment to see what happens with Valentine and Bale. Um, but I'm curious kind of what preparations you might make, what small talk you might make, what things you might do in the meantime, uh, knowing that you either will be out here for a while or that you'll need to act very quickly, or maybe you just want to off these two people. Cause you're also now out of line of sight of, um, uh, Zavala, um, the, uh, the head of security as well. So what would you two like to do? Marnie, let's start with you. 
Um, <laughs> I think, um, mm, I think Marnie's like, do you know what? I want I want to try like being around people again and like, you know, we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to like, if we're not supposed to like cause trouble out here or like make noise, then well, fuck, I have to get my information some other way. So I think it would be to get them talking, the corpse set guys. So I think uh, she starts kind of, she just says, we are always left out of the important conversations. It seems you are too. Look how much we have in common. Oh boy. Um, Marnie, can you roll me a... God help us. A charm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make this a difficulty of two because there's not, you're not trying to coerce them in any way. You're just trying yeah. to make friends. Uh, but it is still two because you're bad at it. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I have nothing to boost with. Um, <laughs> well, okay, uh, Laura, I will give you one boost uh, because I think in the same way that uh, Atticus felt more at home with the Skullcrawler unit than he did with kind of the rank and file uh, of the Glorious Regals, um, I feel like this particular setup of like the muscle being left out of a chat like this is actually a, a comfortable zone and i think perhaps the why you've decided to like try and reintegrate into society because like theoretically like like you're kind of like in, in in a different world you're four people in shower stalls at the gym and you can talk about working out because you're at a gym so it's right. like these are people that you actually have something in common with right. which is like <laughs> you're actually kind of used to this so i'll give you one boost for this actually being fairly comfortable territory for you yeah that's uh, yeah um all right cool. i don't think i'm gonna give you any setback again this is a pretty innocuous check yeah. all right rolling mm, one failure um you should have left that and should have left that comment about having so much in common i think that really <laughs> really gave it up um they uh look at you and they both kind of look you up and down and um, chuckle a little bit inside their helmets. Uh, one of them says, Y'all, yeah, you're very alike, except that uh, we have weapons and are not bleeding to death. And uh, you are. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not bleeding to death. You should have seen me like a couple of hours ago. Then I was bleeding to death. Now this is, I am in perfect health. And I have these weapons. And I just hold up my hands. <laughs> um, Atticus, uh, this is all happening. Uh, are you saying you're doing anything or just letting this play out? Letting this play out for now. Um, kind of okay. tickled by Marnie. <laughs> Marnie's like frustration at socializing. Um, so the uh, the mouthy one says, oh yeah, you, you think you're so tough. Well, why don't you prove it? We have a few minutes. Perhaps some arm wrestling is in order. I will wrestle your arm to the ground or to the surface. 
whatever surface we arm wrestle on, you have a stool. Um, and he just like gestures to the other guy and the other guy, like he clearly means like, can you get on all fours and be our stool? And the guy just like, <laughs> he just, he has that like classic full body, uh, like, um, Kiff from Futurama, like the shoulders just drop. It's just like, <laughs> this fucking guy. Uh, and he kind of looks around and actually he'll look to, to you Atticus and just kind of like gesture, like find something for these idiots. Um, I'll just be like, like, don't look at me, man. Like, I'm, I've got a job to do. So fucking frustrated. Like... Uh, all right, so he casts around. He finds like a a, a, a <clears throat> box with some like important looking documents, and he shakes them off, and he brings them over. And he like dumps it down. Um, and uh, the other guys doing all those, those like Henry Cavill arm reloads, uh, getting ready. <laughs> um, and uh, he says, uh, "Well, I hope you are you are you don't bleed through a rib." And his friend's like, that's that's not how ribs work. Okay, um, great. Uh, and then he turns to you, Atticus, and he's like, I don't know. I got two crowns on on her. I don't gamble while I'm working. You you guys are Inquisition. You are exhausting. Okay, um, all right. And he, he, he turns to uh, the big meaty guy, and he's like... Uh, all right, you just don't uh, don't fuck us on this one. Um, you want to bet against me? And he's like, "Yeah, I, I bet two crowns on me." And he's like, "All right, great, great, good, good." And he turns to you, Marnie, and he's like, "Look, lady, um, I know we just met, but uh, I could really use the crowns. So, can you can you kick my friend's ass?" I would do it regardless of your position. Yeah, that seems to be my lot in life. All right, well, let's have a good, clean fight. <laughs> it just turns into Judge Mills Lane. Like, all right, good, clean fight. Ding, ding. Just like it ha- hits the side of his helmet. Um, so, uh, Marnie, uh, you left-handed or right-handed? Um, I'm left-handed, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, I see. It's the Princess Bride Gambit. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, honestly like Marnie would like work out her right hand like <laughs> so much to compensate also, for any there, potential weakness. There's also a distinct difference between like, oh, this is my dominant hand, which I use to write, and both of these could be used for punching, lifting, or climbing. Yeah, like, seriously. Like it's uh, yeah, we're not we're yeah, we're not talking about like fine motor skills here. <laughs> punching does not recognize hands uh, we'll see is she gonna go over the top there are important questions about technique man damn that's oh, wristful boy. break over the top <laughs> sounds like wristful thinking to me um <laughs> it's a haunted distillery uh all right so um marnie you, you reach out your your massive meaty hand um, and meet the uh, distinctly uh, still meaty but less meaty hand of uh, of Hugesinosis, uh, uh, your um, uh, opponent, um, and uh, with that muscles bulge, uh, you know eyes. I, I'm sure like narrow shoulders tense. Core strength is engaged. Um, and, uh, the two of you, uh, lock in that deadliest of all games, arm wrestling. Meanwhile, (laughs) inside, uh, the office, uh, Valentine, uh, you follow Zavala in and, um, you find yourself in, in like very much, uh, it's, you know, the four person's office, but it, 
in our world, it would be one of those like um, uh, portables that either get attached to schools or like construction sites where it just is like all the walls seem like flimsy in the way only portable walls can. Mm. There's that like weird kind of um, uh, like shaped plastic paneling situation where they're, they're somehow both like incredibly smooth and incredibly pockmarked. Um, the carpet is a sickly green uh, that unfortunately matches a lot of the livelry of the uh, of some of the uh, the Vicodin product. Um, but it looks like uh, Vicodin heritage. Like this carpet's been here for a few generations, and it, it shows. Um, and uh, kind of um, uh, you entered and are just hit by a, a, a thick cloud of a sweet, sickly smoke. Um, and, uh, behind a desk, um, surrounded by data slates and a couple of like those massive 40 K computers that are like a full fucking console deal and like a, a type cogitators keyboard. as they get called Thank in you. the books, <laughs> big old cogitator, um, set up, uh, that is running the equivalent of like DOS. So it's very much like the green, you know, classic 40 K green text, black screen situation. Yes. Um, and, uh, uh, you see a woman who is, um, uh, she, for lack of a better term, looks a bit like a, a thumb covered in paper cuts. Like she's just like a squat, rough looking woman. Um, she's wearing um, a uh, one of the robes, like the Vicodin robes, which clearly just seems to be the thing that everyone has to wear. Um, but hers is basically... Uh, like she's used a bunch of of different like she's got like a utility harness on with a bunch of pockets. She kind of looks like a Rob Leefield character. Um, she's just used a bunch of different sort of belts and harnesses to make this robe almost more like ninja garb, like something actually functional to walk around in. Um, she's wearing like big, big, big muddy, dirty boots that she's got up on her desk, um, and uh, she's got sort of a long cylindrical pipe in one hand. Uh, that ends in a, a glassy orb. Uh, and you're not sure what the intoxicant coming out of it is, but again, to your... I feel like all the Inquisitors are trained with like a variety of poisons and to recognize this sort of stuff. Um, it's definitely an illegal drug of some kind. You're not sure what it is, but it's it's got that sickly... I mean, in, in modern terms, it would be like an opium smell. Um, it's not opium, but you know what I'm, I'm getting at. Yeah, in a factory um, setting, it's more likely to be an upper than a downer. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. This is this is basically just like her like trucker speed pipe, um, and uh, she uh, has just massive glasses on, like big, 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 square, uh, thick. Um, you can see that they too have a bunch of little nicks in them that almost uh, seem. Like when the light catches the glasses, it almost uh, looks like stars. Like there's just like a, a number of like little glimmering things. Uh, anyone who's driven a, a car in Alberta just has these in their windshield and they're great. Um, but um, you get a sense that they're both corrective and likely safety eyewear. Uh, and the rest of her face is a testament to how often things go pear-shaped uh, in this particular uh, uh, factory. Um, so as soon as the two of you enter, she immediately, like the feet come down. Like there's no kind of, I'm Lord God of this domain. It just seems like she was legitimately having a moment of, of relaxation. Uh, and, and it, she very hurriedly, uh, kind of stands up and adjusts herself a little bit, uh, and immediately kind of walks over with an extended hand, uh, and just says, um, I've been assured that, uh, 
No one would interrupt our operations here unless they were very important. So you must be very important. My name is Balfus Bale, and this is my factory. How can I help you? It is a pleasure to meet you, Balfus Bale. I have been sent on behalf of Inquisitor Barthus Billingberg Twelfth. I have messages specifically for you, but first I have questions. May we sit? Um, she, uh, she nods and kind of like shoots a look to, to Zaval to see what he's doing. Um, and he is, he's just kind of like standing with, with gun at the ready, but clearly has not heard any of this. Uh, and she kind of shrugs and, uh, she says, um, I mean, sure. You're welcome to, I'm just, uh, surprised you'd go through all the trouble, uh, of what, saving a couple hours? Yes, sometimes time is of the essence. Well, okay. I mean, we we were getting everything ready for him, but uh, if you've got something to say, I guess we can we can say it here. Uh, sorry about the state of the place. It's uh, it's a magical wonderland upstairs, and down here it's just a bunch of this. So uh, uh, here, you you can have my chair. I'll uh, I'll perch. Excellent. Uh, and then I think uh, he would he would look to the security guy uh, and just slowly kind of raise his bolt pistol, not with hands on like trigger or anything, but just picking it up kind of by the butt of the gun, looking yep. to the security guy and just be like, if I put this down somewhere outside of my reach, could you stop hovering with a weapon in your hand? Could this all just be a little bit more relaxed? Uh, he doesn't move. Excuse me! Well, uh, excuse me a moment. Uh, He'll just go over and just kind of like approach and repeat the same thing, but like from a foot away instead of across the room. Um, And uh, Zval like gives an exaggerated nod. He goes, oh, oh, I... Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you were trying to threaten me again just badly. Uh yeah, sure. That's that's fine. I'll I'll be over here. And it just like moves to a corner and it does that like gun over the shoulder thing that like looks cool but is completely useless with a big gun because <laughs> you can't fire it in any fast way from here. Cool. Then Valentine's going to like take his bolt pistol and I'm sure there's like some sort of shelf or something where Oh they, yeah, like, yeah, totally. She's got it up. So yeah, like yeah. mid room but just set it on one of those and, yep. and then go sit down to talk to Belfast. Uh and just be like, "So, obviously you've said you're hours away. How are the preparations going?" Uh Well, look, I'll uh, level I'm I'm sorry. What's your name? I hate not knowing people's names. My name is Eugene Mordheim. All right, uh, Lord Mr. Mordheim, look, uh, preparations are going pretty well. Uh, as requested, uh, we're prepping the meal to try out on the, uh, uh, their, uh, I don't know, the, the, the head punters or something. I don't know. There's some war heroes from outside. Uh, they're, they're part of our best suppliers. They've really fixed a few problems in our supply line. Is you know, she just kind of taps the side of her nose. As you know, uh, so um, the good news is uh, that uh, Doc Tavy has promised me that uh, you know when we serve uh, the Lord Mister uh, Actual Inquisitor Man's meal, it'll be you know we will we are doing a dry run, you know, so we're not testing out the recipe on him because uh, I know he'd hate that, but uh, I'm sure he'll be very pleased. 
And you can see there's like a, a little bit of like um, a little bit of a curl to her lip as she's describing this. It's a little distasteful to her, but um, yeah, she, she just kind of nods and takes another like long drag off the pipe. A four-person Balfour. I've heard some interesting rumors, and I'm going to ask you questions regarding those rumors. And to be clear, the Inquisition's interests are many-fold, so you may think that there is a correct answer, but the real answer I'm looking for is the true one, for you may be useful in ways you do not intend. Okie dokie. I have heard that you would rather focus on the classic forms of Vicodin, heritage, the old ways, and abandon these new, strange and different uh, methods of creation. Is this true? Um, her eyes go wide. Uh, and it's it's honestly, Valentine, it's, it's a look you're used to. It's the... <laughs> everyone kind of, like, no one really knows what the Inquisition's about, so everyone kind of assumes that you're all, like, weird psychic gods all the time. And it's it's the classic like you know shell game at a fucking carnival where you like guess the weight like every like she is well taken with the like how did you know? Good. Now don't make any sudden movements because we don't want our friend with the shotgun to become more curious. I have my sources because the Inquisition always does. I've also heard that if it were up to you, that you would see this war ended and the orc menace wiped off the face of this earth. Is that true? Well, yeah, the Xenos must be purged. I mean, that's basic knowledge. I mean, sure, there are, you know, properties that have led to some interesting uh, advancements in the uh, uh, the beverage game, sure. But, I mean, that's not, that's not worth spitting in the face of everything our glorious emperor has brought us, you know? Hmm. Then I have... A final question for you to be said quietly between friends. Do you want to save this world and in recompense receive its governorship and a rogue trader's mandate? Um, she uh, looks left and right, which is not a subtle gesture when your glasses are that big. Um, and then says, uh, Oh, you... Oh, and you can tell she's like really running the numbers here. Um, Ryan, I'm going to need you to roll me, uh, I think probably a charm or negotiation. Here's the thing. You are telling the truth and offering her a legitimate thing. She's been trained to believe that inquisitors are constantly asking tests. So she's trying to determine whether this is a trap to have her executed as seems to happen a lot to a lot of her employees, or if this is legitimate. You know it's legitimate, but this test, this dice roll, is to determine whether or not you can convey <laughs> your earnesty to her in a way that will actually land. Which of the two would you like to take? Um, probably negotiation. I don't think Valentine ever really tries to charm anyone. I think he just lays out facts and they more or less don't Yeah, again, keep, keep in mind in this <laughs> framework, it would be like the charm would be in... Oh, I get it. You're being like you're yeah. leveling with me, not like, well, hey, beautiful, how's it going? Yeah, like, I mean, honestly, he's <laughs> also equally bad at both skills. So no, no, no. And, and I think negotiation makes sense. Uh, you are legitimately negotiating with her. It's just whether or not she she can come to believe it. Um, so I'm going to make this a difficulty three, 
just because unfortunately the layers of subterfuge that exist on this planet are big enough that she's constantly worried. Um, I'll give you a boost because you've already flexed on things that uh, she doesn't believe you should know, given that you're technically not like in her mind, you just came straight here from whenever you, wherever, whatever space dock you landed on. So like to her, it's astonishing that you know anything about her. Um, she doesn't know about the gift shop. Um, hmm. So there'll be one boost for that. Um, I'm going to give you a setback for having to poker face all of this, knowing there's a guy who could be listening in. Yeah. Uh, just because he, he's he's definitely acting as though his comms are off. Whether or not they're actually off is an entirely different question. They could well be, but it's, I don't know, that would eat at me. So I'm going to make it eat at you. Um, yeah, and I won't fight you on that one because I think that would bother him. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing, Ryan. Has Valentine met enough people on this planet to want to save it from a proper purge? Um, so far you've got two, uh, by my count, you have two NPCs that you're favorable to. There's the lady who, um, helped you guys sneak in. The uh, medic. the shield wall. Oh, well, the, the medic was decent. There's yeah. the medic. There was the, like the head of, uh, the military police, uh, and there's this lady. So you, you currently have three people on planet. Um, that you like enough to maybe not want to see get obliterated. Is that enough? Um, I think in this case, it, honestly, if I'm talking about like from Valentine's perspective to walk through like the elaborate thinking process I have as his character, uh, I don't think he really cares about his interested individual people. Um, he hates the orcs and he'd want them wiped out. He doesn't have access to exterminatus grade weapons and he probably can't send an exterminatus request and it'll actually be respected. Mm-hmm. So the best case scenario for him is probably save the people who are valuable and put somebody in charge who's visibly less corrupt. And then if he could save the emperor, you know, the end game becomes like circle back around and see if she's evil. Right. But okay. Okay. That's it. Yeah. 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 That's perfect. I was just trying to kind of isolate where your motivation on this was. Cause if it was just like, a, uh, I mean, look, if I'm already out and about, I guess I could stop. You know, if I find a convenience store, I'll stop in and get some milk. It's fine. I'm already out. Uh, or if it's like, we really need that milk or a cereal's going to suck. And I think in this case, it sounds like if you can't order an exterminatus, you actually do need this to happen. So this yeah. is important to you. So I'll give you an additional boost because you're actually like, again, this isn't an errand. You It's not a side quest. You're just punching out because you've got a couple minutes. It's of actual legitimate value to you in your quest. Cool. All right, let's see. Uh, and I'm not going to spend any story points because um, I think she's too confuzzled to. I had two advantage when I rolled to try to come in the door, but we also had the comlink go off, which feels like the balance on the advantage there. I just wanted to check. I'd let you carry one forward. Sure. Cool. Can I use that then? Yeah. So that's one more boost. Dope. All right. Well, it's 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 close enough to just rolling the dice that I'm going to go with that because I want to find out. Great. Two advantage, but one failure. Um. Okay. So she goes. Ah, you. Oh, wow. You uh, you you inquisitors really are uh are as 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 good and scary as they said. Uh, you almost got me there. <laughs> but no, I'm uh, I'm very happy with uh with uh, Lord Vicodin's, uh, owner, you know, ownership of the plant and the way he's running the company. Um, you know, my, uh, my family did, uh, did uh, develop the, uh, you know, the original, uh, 
brewing methods here uh, on, well, back before it was called Vicodin. Uh, so, you know, the old recipes mean a lot to me, but I really appreciate all the things uh, Mr. Vicodin's done. Uh, Lord, Mr. Vicodin uh, has done, you know, uh, building this whole thing and the new stuff. And uh, it's like he says, you know, the galaxy's always changing, so we got to change with it. So, no, I'm, I'm very happy with all that. Um, so she doesn't she get doesn't agree side, with me, but, but she's- she is very favorable to you. Like she, she doesn't feel betrayed by this or anything. She's on side. She just can't out and out say that because she thinks it's an inquisitorial trap. Yeah, she's. In other words, I'm talking with a smart person. He probably would have been concerned about their ability to save the world if he'd given it to somebody who would cave this easily. Yep. Um, I think what he would then say is, are those your personnel? Like he'd probably look around to see if there's something labeled like personnel or some kind of files and like a, a um, thing anywhere or even behind the desk with him. It would all be in the, I'm sorry, what's the? Oh, the cogitator. Okay, yeah, yeah, perfect. I would say, if you could come around here, could you show me some of your personnel files? I'd like to see what you've got on the top here. Okie dokie. Great. Uh, when she, she goes comes, like click clacking away. She comes around uh, and starts typing and he'll just say, you know what? You're so much smarter than I expected. I'm tremendously impressed by you. I can't wait to do things together. Uh, and then I would like to, Tom, do a whole bunch of shit real fast. So that's why I even asked about rules during a break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have a concealed last pistol, last pistol hidden on my person. Uh, that requires two maneuvers to draw. So I would like to burn the maneuvers to do that. I have advantage that's carried over, so I've got that as well. Uh, and then I would just like to shoot the security person directly. Uh, now that I've got her behind the desk where we're both in cover, it's just drawing concealed last pistol and hoping to kill the security guy. And I'm just counting on the two outside to be focused and definitely not distracted by a weird social encounter enough <laughs> that we can take everybody out quietly. Amazing. Uh, so with that, you produce your hit and gun turn and fire meanwhile uh outside the office muscles are flexing games are happening uh marnie can you please roll me an athletics check totes this is going to be difficulty four this guy Whoa. is strong uh based on atticus's observations these guys go to the gym a lot to feel powerful which means they are good at very few things other than muscle-based things, but this is a muscle-based thing. So he is really good at it. Um, so he's putting up a big fight. Um, I'm going to give you a big old point of setback uh, for just how wounded you are. Um, That's fair. Using all of your body to try and like just muscle fight someone when you're very badly injured is not great. Um, I will give you one point of boost for... Uh, even though you don't really give a shit that the other guy bet on you, it's a nice, it's a nice ego boost. And I feel like with with your troops, that was a common thing. Like it was a real sign of respect when people were betting on you because they're like, we're all really scary, but you're somehow the scariest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me. Yeah. All right. Uh. I don't really think I can add anything to this. It gave you a um, boost for self-esteem. I don't think you can add much beyond that either. <laughs> um, where are we at with story points? Two and two. I don't need to use a story point for this. Fuck. 
Good. I, I didn't want to chime in to remind you that that the only thing that keeps us alive is fights. Go I down. know. I For know. Record, I'm like, mm. Every time any of you says that, I become less inclined to let you do it. So I know. Just be careful. <laughs> I know. End of thought. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. All right. And to clarify, the Deus Ex call-in only works if it's like logistically I can believe that this will Oh, yeah, 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 of course. We're not saying that it's like an immortality card. No, in the case of like Marty falling off the thing, I'm like, okay, I can buy an orc trying to grab the biggest gun, like the biggest shooter. Makes sense. It's like you get shot in the head and your head explodes. Like, I deus ex. And it's like, okay, your head explodes in a beautiful pattern. Yeah, that's not a plot twist. That's (laughs) the plot twist mentality card. This is my design. Uh, Okay, so Laura, go ahead and roll your dice. All right. Oh, fuck. Uh, one failure, one threat. Cool. So, um, Marnie, you're struggling against um, uh, Hugis's arm. Um, and uh, it, is, it is a bad struggle. He is just a slab of muscle. And I feel like, again, we can all agree, Marnie would kick this guy's ass if she was uninjured. But, like... You were on death's door, like, I don't know, yesterday. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really, it's not been a tremendous amount of time. So you can feel stitches popping. Um, <laughs> you can feel that that horrible warmth um, sort of against your body as as blood begins to sort of pool. Um, but also, uh, you know, you're proud and there's no fucking way you're going to let your old unit down. And honestly the way you won friends back then was by kicking ass at arm wrestling and wrestling and fighting and bar brawls. And like basically just kicking ass was how, how you got to know know people. So given that your conversational gambit failed, this is really the only way you can connect with these people and damn it, you (laughs) want to connect with some people. So you power through. Um, and you know, the the muscles strain, you're both kind of going at it. Uh, Atticus, you're observing this. Um, do you have any stake in this? Is it fun to watch Marnie at work? Is it just kind of passing the time? Are you nervous about what might be going on in the office? Where are you at? That's more it is he's (laughs) nervous about Valentine on the other side of that door. So when he was, when, when he was told like, you know, to be watchful and, and, and quiet, that's what he's doing. I think he's just looking at the door. Great. Um, all right, so um, you hear some shouting and then nothing for a little bit because <laughs> he was trying to talk to the guy. Um, uh, but everything seems fine. Um, and then finally, uh, there is a... Um, uh, Marnie, you feel his arm give way. As with all of your strength, you just fucking tear at him. Uh, with a mighty roar, uh, you 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 throw his arm down uh, against the uh, the case. At which point, um, you hear a last pistol shot go off in the office. Uh, Atticus, uh, you move to try and help, but unfortunately, Marnie's victory throws Hugius into you, uh, and the two of you stumble sideways hit the railing, and begin to go over. This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante, at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. Tyler Hewitt, at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, as Atticus Weiss. Laura Hamstra, at EL Hamstring on Twitter, as Marnie Schwarzenberger. And our Game Master, Tom McGee, at McGee TD on Twitter. 
This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresies artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com. D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, a death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V., Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Solved by Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221B Baker Street. Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. The boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr at 224BBaker or on our website, 224BBaker.com. It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck.